0: how's it going everybody welcome to episode 92 of tldr podcast another great week um it it, it saw you know it, it saw some interesting uh, things happen you know in the uh in the hockey world um i believe we didn't talk about it but um it was all over um you know the news the the, the oscars last sunday was a was a big it was a big uh, talking point we didn't even talk about that which is interesting Um, not that we need to, I'm just saying that that did happen. Um, uh, James and I went to a hockey game. We sat as close as you probably possibly could. Well, not quite. We probably would have been kicked back to our row, but, uh, um, I guess I'm going to start with you, James. I mean, I I have never, your team got throttled and that's, and I'm not, I don't want to talk about that, but you were giddy every single fucking minute of that game, regardless of what was happening. What, you know, how was your experience being that close to it? professional hockey players
1: well i mean like you watch tv and you watch the you know you watch hockey and when you go to games you sit far away and you don't ever get to see the players faces and yesterday i did that was really cool uh you get to see like the sound is different down there too like when the puck hits the glass or the it's not glass it's plastic or something so Whatever, it's actually it plexiglass. it's it's glass oh okay it's plex it's whatever it is it, it just sounds different, man. It, like, wakes you up. Like, our buddy Jose was with us, too, and he he was on his phone half the time just drinking and being drunk. Whenever the whenever the puck hits the plexiglass, the dude shot straight up and was like, what was that? What just happened? So that was really cool. Um, we did get hit by a puck, which is great. It hit me and then hit trade and then bounced away, and Jose was too drunk to realize what ha- had happened, so he never got the puck, which is unfortunate. Uh, but we almost made away with the puck, which is really cool. Damn. Anyway, it was a great game. I mean, it was a shit game, but it was really cool being that close.
0: Yeah, it, it was pretty crazy. But Tyler, let me give you some kind of perspective. You've you've dealt with like softball players, like women's uh, softball players, you know, in your work, right? And and they're pretty loud, they're pretty, they're, they're they're pretty excited and they have very high voices typically when they're cheering. That was James every single <laughs> fucking thing that happened. You was so fucking happy to be there. It. I I don't, you know, next to I guess. Second to our game in, uh, you know, at, uh, at SoFi Stadium, you know, week, uh, week 18, dude, I've never seen this guy more jacked up about a sporting event in my entire life. <laughs> um, Tyler, we definitely, uh, we definitely need to
2: get you down to, I don't know if you've ever been that, have you ever been that low before? No, the, honestly, the closest to a hockey game I've ever been was when I saw you guys play um, after the, oh, okay. after Kings game. I've, I've never been on the lower bowl of a hockey game ever. I've always been nosebleeds, so um that's pretty awesome i, I saw those uh, saw those seats on uh, on your guys' instagram and i was like damn that's super cool so yeah, yeah. Uh, i was very jealous but that's awesome james i'm super pumped you got to see that um i'm sure seeing a hockey game from that close again that that's a bucket list for me so oh yeah that's dude awesome. it, it, it's possible dude it's
0: definitely possible and james i want to thank you that was a that was a great birthday gift um that was that was fantastic um guys we uh we sit here and we are just a few days from opening day Um, Tyler, I'm pretty sure you're working on opening day or whatever your team's opening day is, but, (laughs) uh, James and I are going to opening day on Thursday, um, stadium, um, against Astros. That'll be very fun. Um, and what, I mean, and another huge event we have this weekend is, uh, the master's tournament, um, which is kind of the super bowl slash. Indy Five Hundred of 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 golf events. Uh, it, it, it's the biggest event um, in terms of viewership, in terms of just pure, you know, golf. And it's interesting because people that don't even really watch golf much during this during the uh, uh, during the year tune in, tune in big time for the Masters. So um, I will be one of them um, as much as I can. Um, and speaking of uh, of golf, I think the the goat of golf is gonna be. Get, is going to be playing in the masters if i'm not mistaken or at least going to be there um the biggest news um check check uh, nike stock tomorrow he is not going to wear nike shoes tomorrow uh, uh this weekend which is which Whoa. was kind of a a big deal, that's a, huge uh, deal. <laughs> that's a kind of a big deal it'd be like it'd be like michael jordan not like wearing adidas like it's just like what the fuck are you talking what it, about what is it gonna wear
1: is it gonna wear like i i don't i didn't read, i hand? just saw the headline
0: i don't i don't Close, know the, probably I, I don't know anything Close. about it um, but if if he came in crocs, that'd be fun. <laughs> so
1: funny. But have I, you guys had know. crocs before? Because that, that is comfy. Oh yeah. They're oh
0: comfortable.
1: They, they just they look comfortable. and
0: I actually saw a TikTok of a guy puts put like put the spikes on a pair of crocs and they actually worked really well. So it's not like
1: unheard <laughs> of. <though>. You gotta <laughs> put it in sport mode though. You gotta put that little <laughs> strap back there and then you're good. Um,
0: but what's amazing is as as we you know, we're gonna get into um this is actually a perfect pivot to James's segment, um, the goat bracket, but If, you know, let's say Nike stock drops 10% tomorrow, like what, what's a bigger goat power move than to not wear the shoes that you were, that you've been endorsed since you were a kid and see an entire stock, an entire company's value just change because of what, because of one decision you made, he didn't have to open his mouth. He just had to decide not to wear Nike shoes. It's kind of, I mean, just that might, that alone might just win him the bracket. Right. But, uh, (laughs) Jay's like, nah, I mean, come on there's no there's no one better than that there's no one that could even that can even uh ch- the change the game like that but uh james i
1: honestly though okay hold up before we before before with this go bracket thing i honestly think it has something to do with his car crash because his car he crash could. did mess up his legs pretty pretty hard And so maybe nike shoes just do not make an orthotic or some make something custom to him that he needs so therefore it'll do something that will actually let him play golf because he's okay. now R- he's like wearing really foot joy, I guess. FootJoy. What is that?
0: FootJoy is kind of like, <laughs> what it's kind of like an, or, an OG brand in the golf world. I mean, FootJoy. FootJoy like is called
1: Foot Happy. Happy Feet. They just call it Happy Feet.
0: You, you could. You, you very well <laughs> could. What what what'll be interesting to see? I, I I don't know if I haven't read it. I need to see it, but I don't know if he's going to walk the course. Um, I would assume no, but he may. Um, and that would be quite a feat in and of itself for him to just be there. I think is huge. Um, As everybody knows, if you, and, and maybe if you don't know, if you win a masters, you are, uh, you are invited every single year, no matter how bad or good you are. So um he will always be invited to the masters for as long as he lives. So um, James take it away with the goat bracket, as we just stopped talking about a goat in sports history.
1: All right. Uh goat bracket. We're going to finish it up today. We're going to go through this, eight the four and the two just get it over with because i got to draft stuff for the nfl and started next week which is going to be pretty hectic uh but like traden said we just talked about tigers we're going to start in the tiger woods part of the bracket here so it's going to be the bottom right if you're following along first matchup of the day tiger woods versus randy moss tiger
0: yeah i yeah. mean <laughs> i mean someone who changes the game as much as he has it's
1: hard to it's hard to argue that yeah, I feel it. that's what we just talked about him. So that makes it easy. Yeah. Kobe versus Dale Earnhardt Sr. <laughs> oh my God, Kobe.
0: I just associate with Kobe more probably, but I mean, it, it it's kind of an indictment <laughs> on, uh, on Dale Earnhardt Sr. just because we don't really know much about him. Um, and, you know, we're not fans
1: of that sport. So what do we know? Kobe, it is. Jordan versus Michael Phelps. Holy shit. See, this is the first It, it will one. get harder.
2: Yeah, this is the it first really hard. tough one. Okay. Hmm. Ah, shit. I'm going I'm to say... Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say... <laughs> I'm going to go with Michael Phelps.
0: Because
2: I do think he, was, he is hands down the greatest of all time in his sport doing that. I think, Michael Jordan, you could leave it up for debate on who's the greatest of all time in basketball. I don't think you can really, I mean, there's a couple of swimmers that might come into conversation, but like Michael Phelps, I think most times, like probably 99 people out of hundred are going to pick Michael Phelps being the greatest swimmer of all, of all time. So I'm going to go Michael Phelps.
1: I mean, that's cool. And I, I hear you for what you're saying, but the fact of the matter is you, when do you ever watch swimming? You watch swimming the Olympics. once every four years. Yeah. But I mean, we're, it, I don't think that really matters in this context though. But, I mean, you watch basketball once, like yearly, like basketball is on every single year, and you get, more, you get to see more basketball, and there's a lot more people who watch basketball. So, therefore, there would be a lot more people who play basketball. And with that, you have a diluted pool of greatness. When it comes to swimming, it's very specific. It's like you only see them – you only really watch swimming once. Who's really going to want, want to do swimming? And so, if you're great in swimming, you're, you're like a big fish in a small pond, as opposed to Jordan, who's a big fish in a big pond. I think it means more to be Jordan – than it does to beat Michael Phelps. So I'm picking
0: Jordan. Wow. You guys make both make really good points and it's actually not that easy. Right. Um, You know, but again, I, I, while we don't watch a lot of swimming, he still has to compete yearly and still has to compete. You know, I, I mean, you could argue, you could argue the other way too, that he, you know, Michael Phelps is against the best of the best, but I guess in in, in theory, so is, uh, so is Jordan, but not at the biggest event at every single event. Like he's, he, like uh, Michael Phelps is always against the, the best of the best. Um, and he completely dominates sets records. He still has records that I think are, have yet to be beaten. Um, I guess you could say the same for, for, for Michael Jordan. I mean, <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> it's so tough. Um, I, I, <sighs> I'm going to side with with Tyler on this one. I'm going to side because um, he will he is has been and will continue to be heralded as the greatest uh, swimmer. And you, you you know you have Kobe in the mix, you have LeBron in the mix, you have Michael in the mix. Like that, it, and it's very contentious depending on who you talk to. So, um, and it's almost undisputed in in swimming. So.
1: All right. Bo Jackson versus George Herman Ruth, a.k.a. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth.
0: Uh, Yeah,
1: it's got to be Babe Ruth. (laughs) Wayne Gretzky versus Joe Montana. Wayne Gretzky. Of course you're
0: going to say that. Wow. I mean, dude. Yeah it's tough when, when when a player has put an entire country on track to play a sport, an entire country, not just, not just, a, not just, a, you know, I mean, yes, Joe Montana is probably one of the best quarterbacks to ever live and, and play. I just don't know if he has the same impact on his sport as, as Wayne Gretzky did.
1: I mean, yeah. Okay. Uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Tom Brady versus Mike Trout. <laughs> Brady. No, be Brady man. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, <laughs> uh, Lou Gehrig versus Cy Young.
0: Oh. Oh. Gehrig. I'm going to say Cy Young so that James has to break the tie. Because I don't know. Why
1: would you do that to me, man? <laughs> well, Is you did 2 2. it to me. 0? So, <laughs> Okay, Lou Gehrig, I'm a deal. I have to side with that. But then also, Cy Young has an award. And that's what—that's the same thing I've been saying for this entire like bracket Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig has impacted more people than Cy Young has. I think far outside far, of right? baseball. That outside was the right, baseball. That was series. the right decision, James. We've <laughs> got to the next round here. We have, oh, wow. Okay. Tiger versus Kobe. Oh, man. Are you shitting me? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh.
2: That's
0: not fair. Well, I'll I'll just say it because I That's know really I, I know
2: it's gonna be more contentious
0: for you guys for the same reasons that I have been you know pumping this guy's tires. It's 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 tiger for me, just simply what how dominant he was throughout his entire you know period. You could I know you could say the same for Kobe, but I want you guys to battle it out. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tiger for me.
1: The thing is, Traden by you going first, we don't really get to battle it out because if I also side tiger or if Tyler sides tiger. Then there's no problem. one of you, you is work. gonna
0: hit, it's gonna say Kobe, so I know I'm gonna Kobe. say
1: Kobe because I mean, I didn't realize how impactful golf was. I didn't really know much about golf until yeah. I graduated from college and was no longer as athletic enough to play in a competitive sport. So, like, I'm gonna like golf is just kind of there, and not many people watch golf. Like, where do you go to watch golf? You don't go to a sports bar to watch golf, you kind of it's just it's just it's on ESPN, that, and sometimes is that really an impact of a goat though like the greatest i'm not even done talking yet Traden. (laughs) let me finish my point please yeah okay cool thank you but you i can already stab i i lost my train of thought you fucker fuck you bro um i don't know where i was going with that (laughs) i don't either that's why i asked where are you going with that (laughs) all right well okay
2: here's the thing with this matchup is that it's really really close for me personally because i would say that a, a aside from all their personal accomplishments, which you could, you know, weigh, and I think they're pretty even. Um, personally, they both have the same impact for me because I grew up, both those guys, probably in their primes of their careers. Um, and I really got into watching basketball because of Kobe. I really got into watching him playing golf because of Tiger. So, God, this is this is legit a coin flip for me. Um, hey, think, keep thinking I, because I, I think- I wish I had James, a Tiger-Kobe coin on me. Well, that's, okay,
0: that's fair. <laughs> but what I think, James, you may have been getting at is that Kobe probably made more of an impact on a bigger mass of people.
1: That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Before you interrupted me. Yeah. 100%. Okay, but then Kobe, again, does that Kobe has, has a statue. The- Kobe has a statue in China. Kobe, ha- Kobe brought basketball. You were saying how Wayne like impacted an entire country. Kobe impacted the world. Like there's so many basketball players now who like, oh, I look up to Kobe and basketball has grown and is now more competitive in other countries. Like in the Olympics, they're now more competitive than the United States are because Kobe played in the NBA and people watched Kobe and people were like, oh, my God, I want to be like this guy. And so now other countries are getting into basketball because Kobe was as good and influential as he is. Yeah, I would
2: agree with that. Um, I think I made my decision. Um, I'm going to go with Kobe on this one. Uh, mainly because I pretty much said wow. since I was, I don't know, 10 years old that Kobe Bryant is my favorite athlete of all time. And I still think that that's true. Um, I, I definitely spent more hours watching Kobe. I've talked more about Kobe with more people. Um, so I'm just going to have to go Kobe, but man, does it, that, that was, easily by far the total. I don't know if they're going to, you, you just, you just easily by far, by doing by that, by far. you he guys know fun. you just gave him the, the, the crown, right?
0: He is going to win this bracket now. It is almost impossible I... for him to not. Probably. Like, it's probably 80% chance that he wins at this point.
1: Okay. So let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the next, we got Michael Phelps versus Babe Ruth. And I pick Babe Ruth. Traden, who do you pick?
2: Michael Phelps. Tyler. Um, wow. <laughs> Again, another tough one. Uh, for very different reasons, As, I mean, I made my point for Mark- Michael Phelps for this particular matchup. Uh, Babe Ruth, I think it's more of the of the legend. Like, obviously, none of us or even our parents saw Babe Ruth play, um, so he's just been around for so long and been such a um, an established figure in sports for so long um, that I think that that legend just it's very impressive. I don't know if there's a lot of athletes that are that old that still have that kind of uh, power behind them, so. I'm going to go Babe Ruth on this one.
1: Okay. Wayne Gretzky versus Muhammad Ali. And I really feel like this argument is going to be the same argument we had in round one of this when it was Bobby Orr versus Muhammad Ali. So let's see how this plays out.
0: I'm going to abstain.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, this, ah, man, these are getting really tough. Um, <sighs> I'm going gonna... <laughs> to make it easy. Muhammad Ali. Yeah, make it easy. Move along. I mean, okay. I, I, I was, I was, I was almost leaning towards Gretzky, but I, I, you know, I was it's impossible, pick man. It's not, I was, it's not
1: I was actually going to pick Gretzky. <laughs> I was going to say, Why, I,
2: though? I, I, th- I, I mean, like Gretzky for some re- same reason. Like I think he just dominated his sport more so than Ali did. But then again, if you're going, if we're talking about grace of all time, and I think consistently we've talked about influence, and talking about things just outside outside of their, the performance of their sport, I think Ali
1: wins it by a landslide. So I'm going to go with Ali on that one. So nice. we had talked about this in round one, right? And it was Bobby Orr versus Mavid Ali. And the problem with Bobby Orr for me is that I didn't know who Bobby Orr was. So I sided with Ali on that one. But on this one, I'd know who Wayne Gretzky is, and I know what he means to hockey. And so for me, over Ali, I, I think I'd watch more Gretzky. If I was in their time period, I'd watch more Gretzky than I would watch Ali. And so that's why I'm picking Wayne Gretzky over Ali.
0: That could be that could be a function of your your, your preference towards a sport versus boxing.
1: Absolutely. And then the, that's the cool thing about this is this is what we think. And that's why we're making these. Like it's not for i we're not making decisions for everybody in the whole world. It's based right. off what we think is true.
0: Right. I, I'm just trying to be objective. And objectively, objectively, it's Muhammad Ali all day. On uh, not all day. I shouldn't say all day, but for this for, for these intents and purposes, given what Muhammad Ali did for the world.
1: Hey buddy, you're back. Sorry, was... everybody.
0: We are back. back. I had technical difficulties. Um yeah, where were we, James?
1: So you were talking about Ali and the world. Yeah, he just he just and impacted he the, 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 world, the world
0: the way he did. So that's why I objected. And this is coming from a guy who thinks that as a person. Wayne Gretzky's, is pro- Wayne Gretzky and his entire family have done more for the lives of North American hockey fans. And actually you could say Europeans um, than anybody else, but it's just Muhammad Ali transcends that boundary in a, in a sense.
1: Tom Brady versus Lou Gehrig. Tom Brady. Why?
2: Um, just the, the, the dude won championships better than I think any other athlete has in, a, in overall career. And he's not even done yet. He could, he, he could win another one. Uh, Lou Gehrig, again, amazing, inspirational athlete. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Tom Brady on that. Just, just the pure um, amount of times he's won and the amount of just attention he gets and that hatred he gets from anyone that's not a Tom Brady fan is pretty, pretty great.
0: It's so another tough one because now we're talking two sides out of our ass again. <laughs> like, like on one hand, we're going to, we're going to look at the pure sport and, on, and on, but like two things, or even last, the last one, we're going to talk about their, you know, a, a person's impact outside the game. The, how does that make them a, a greatest of all time? That's the toughest thing about this is,
2: now we're talking to two sides of our ass and we can't pick, we can't pick one. Well, it's all about the matchups too, because you yeah, got to pick good. a winner and you got to like some of them. Yeah. They're going to, the, the, the tiebreaker is going to be that influence versus yeah. the tiebreaker is going to be maybe something else. But that's again, there, there is ob- objectivity to it, but the subjective is what makes it human and makes it fun. Yeah.
0: You're uh, You're right. And so James, that's why you're going to pick next.
1: <laughs> okay. Wow. I didn't, wasn't, <laughs> I was not ready to pick next. Um, ah uh, oh, jesus avocado ice cream ew avocado ice cream oh, so there tom we brady. go
0: that's the answer <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry Gary. there's no disease named after tom brady just yet move wow okay now jesus. it's getting close close tom brady versus kobe mm.
2: yeah <laughs> kobe that's definitely a lot of pure subjective emotion on that one, but Kobe for me. Both were both were
0: both well they yeah, they both are just pure competitive winners in their sport. I mean, that's all they cared about. That's all you know, and and it and it meant that's all that's all they you know cared about every time they stepped on the field/slash court. And obviously one's still doing it at the, at the ripe age of whatever it is like 5,000. Um, <laughs> <laughs> James needs to break this tie. So I'm going to say Tom Brady, because I I, 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 that's a I don't know. <laughs> I don't know
1: so the one thing that I respect from people is their, absolute honesty and integrity when it comes to doing what they say they're going to do. Tom Brady is really great at playing football and Kobe's really great at playing basketball. The thing that sets Tom Brady apart is that he is, he plays the quarterback position, which gets the most amount of accolades for any sport because they've touched the ball every single play. Kobe on the other hand played a shooting guard position, but he was also a point guard and he played wherever he needed to play to make things work. And he played through injuries day in day out. Um, Kobe Bryant never really got suspended for much. Tom Brady had a scandal. Tom Brady retired. Then unretired, which I don't like. If you're going to retire one time, you made up your mind, stay retired. Kobe retired and was like, I'm done. I gave it my all. And that's how, you know, he gave it his all. He can literally could not function anymore. And he was like, I'm done. I can't play this game anymore. I gave, Everything I had to this game, it's over. Tom Brady said the same thing, but then all of a sudden he had some more left in the tank because his wife made him go grocery shopping on a Sunday. Come on, man. I think Corey Bryant's going to move on from this one. So Corey Bryant wins that matchup for me. Nice. Babe Ruth versus Muhammad Ali.
2: Damn. So it's another tough one because that's one either of us or any of us have, you never watched them play or perform. And that's, it's all about legend. So on um, it's like, it's like kind of just the theme of Brady versus, Co- versus Kobe. This is the theme of legend versus legend. So which legend do you think was greater for me? It's gotta be Babe Ruth. <sighs> <laughs> the great Bambino.
1: Oh my God. Tyler <laughs> and his Nick one minute time out real fast, but every single time I listen back to these episodes, every single episode that we have a bracket for thing, Tyler always has to do something about the name. Tyler's the thing about names. He, he always has an argument about, this name is better, so therefore I'm going to pick this guy. Like, that has happened at least once in the last, like, five episodes. I mean, it's all in the name, man. Uh,
0: it's the bit, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't like to be the guy that, that ends a bracket. Um, yeah, do what you got to do. Okay,
1: that's uh, Muhammad Ali. Okay, that—that's. I really thought you were gonna say. Yeah, because it's your turn to break the tie. <laughs> I just did the last one, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'll break the tie next time. The the next time is gonna be the final. So I know. Have fun with that. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Babe Ruth. Wow. Because I talk about the Babe Ruth challenge often. <laughs> <laughs> It is probably one of the most prideful things I've ever done in my life because not many people have finished it, not many people that I know, but I have. And Tyler is my witness. And the fact that I get to brag about it often makes me think more about Babe Ruth and his legend versus Muhammad Ali and his legend. Muhammad Ali is like a butterfly sing like a bee, but Babe Ruth is like, I can down nine hot dogs and nine beers in a three inning period or three hour period. I hit three home runs. What can you say? and three hit Yep, exactly so i mean that's pretty cool so I'm going go with babe ruth and i'm sorry mohammed Ali, you're great and you have great philosophical philosophy you know what i'm trying to say yep the quotes babe ruth is moving <laughs> on though and now for the big uh the big finisher tyler you have to go first yeah kobe versus babe
2: ruth all right uh anticipating the matchup. I was already thinking about it before we, got, we went on, um, but I'm going to go with Kobe on this one. It's the greatest of all time. Uh, pretty much the reasons that we kept mentioning this, this, this whole time, uh, just the, the, not only the play on the, on the court, but the influence outside the court, uh, what he had on my influence for me personally. I mean, Kobe has always and forever will be my favorite athlete ever. Um, so for me, it's got to be Kobe Bryant, Kobe being Bryant.
0: All right, James, make, make me break the tie.
2: Then I guess I have the big paper
1: what? That's a, that's a lie. It's Kobe Bryant. Yeah, no, look <laughs> at my hat, bro. I got a Lakers hat on, bro. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> See, uh,
0: I, I knew I knew from the moment that we that he went through on that one, which was no problem. I mean, that is, but it yeah. I mean you guys spoke you guys spoke everything. You guys said everything you needed to say, and it you guys I think we came to the right conclusion.
1: Kobe Bryant is a greatest of all time.
0: Of all goats. He's the,
1: he's of the goat goats. of goats. He's the goat of all goats. <laughs> we're done with the bracket, everybody. That last, this today, this part to the segment today was really tough. Oh, like, yeah. very tough. And it's it took a lot longer yeah. than I thought. So, I'm sorry about that. But we're going to do some draft stuff so we don't have to worry about brackets for a while.
2: Yay.
0: Draft stuff is always fun. Um, it's fun because I actually knew, like... I'm very excited because I, I knew some of the players that got drafted and how, where they got drafted and how they did. So I'm excited to do that again, James. Um, but that was very fun to find out who the, the, the goat of goats was. I wonder if, you know, in, in three years, we, we bust that out again if things change. I mean, we, I don't know, like how, how things are going to get remembered. You never know. Like we're, we're, we're sitting here, um, you know, in a certain state of mind and, you know, people change. I just wonder if, if, if our uh, ideas would change too, but yeah, uh, we appreciate that, um, and I hope you I hope you all enjoyed that. If you disagree with us, please uh, please let us know. Um, I'm sure you do because we agree, disagreed with each other, and it was quite the uh, it was quite theatrical. Um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a break when we come back. We're gonna finish our Tyler's gonna finish his um, baseball preview or MLB previews um, by talking about the West when we come back. And we're back. We are days away from opening day um, with the uh, in the MLB um, just about to kick off the 2022 season. Um, Tyler, you've been very great with your uh, season uh, previews of each division. You have the West left um, the, the division, the two divisions that this podcast actually gives a true shit about. So um,
2: I've been I'm excited for it. Uh, Tyler, it's all yours, man. That's why people tune into TLDR because, you know, Sports Center, all those big-time networks, they always got that East Coast bias, right? Everyone loves the East Coast because everyone lives on the East Coast. They always, they always, you know, talk about it. No one stays up late to watch the West Coast teams. Well, guess what? We're West Coast bias, bitch. We talk about West Coast. We like it better here. Uh, so we're going to really dig in to the West Coast teams. It's all of our favorite teams are all in both of these leagues. So let's we're going to kick it right off the bat with your angels. Um, guys' Angels guys. Angels are going to be an exciting team this year, obviously coming off last season. I'm still losing, losing, losing season for the team, but we saw the emergence of Shohei Otani. Um, He is an absolute star. um, And he, hopefully, if he can stay healthy, um, he'll be another, he'll, he should have another great season. He is just one of the, he is, he is the most exciting player in the game to watch. Um, Health is going to be the big key for the angels. Like can Mike Strout stay healthy for the, for the full season? Can Anthony Rendon stay healthy for the full season? That's a big question, Mark. Uh, and of course, as we talk about every year for the last, I don't even know, 20 years, is it the angels pitching good enough to be a successful team this year? Uh, they did add Noah Syndergaard, uh, which should definitely help add to uh, Shohei Otani, but they're going to need production from some, some other, other pitchers. Um, their young, your, your their young pitcher, uh, Reed uh, Demers is a guy that I'm looking forward to, to step up and make some big noise this year. If he can step up that gives the Angels a pretty decent one-two-three punch, which I always say, like you need three solid starting uh, pitchers to be at least competitive. Um, but we'll see what happens. That's a that, that's a big if. That, that's a big ask. Um, so Angels health and pitching can it happen? We 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 will see. Uh, the Houston Astros uh, they're slowly losing. <laughs> their co- Jesus, Ollie. Yeah, oh, fuck the Astros, like, right, Ollie? Yeah. Like the Astros, right, Ollie? Yeah. Astros. Good boy. Uh, they're slowly losing their core. Uh, but this is still a very, very dominant threat uh, in, the, in the American League. Verlander will be back to stabilize an already pretty solid pitching staff. Uh, the Oakland Athletics, everything must go sale. They've pretty much gotten rid of every decent, good player on, on that team. It's going to be a rough 2022 for that team. That 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 team already struggles with attendance. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw less than a thousand people in the stands at one point. Oh my God! Uh, it's Going to be pretty what? Pretty, pretty Holy incredible. shit! uh the seattle mariners on the other side uh they haven't made the postseason, postseason since 2001 they won 90 games last year and still didn't make it but this team just got even better they added the reigning al cy young robbie ray they also uh traded for adam frazier jesse winker and eugenio suarez to add to that already great lineup uh, they got young stars jared clinic he had kind of a rough start to his mlb career but i, I expect him to be good um, number three, number three MLB prospect Julio Rodriguez. They just announced that he will, that he will make the club. So they got a lot of really good players on the team. I think the Mariners, I think they're going to break through this year, uh, but we'll see what everyone else thinks. Um, the Texas Rangers uh, made some big offseason splashes. They signed Corey Seager, uh, Marcus Simeon to have arguably the best middle infield in the league. They also added John Gray to add that rotation. Um, but guys, they, they need a lot of work to be a contender. Um, this team has more problems than just a couple of guys. Um, so it's pretty interesting that they signed some big name free agents. I don't think they're ready to compete quite yet, uh, but they definitely should be better, uh, better this, this season. Um, so guys, so looking at this division as a whole, uh, obviously the Astros have kind of dominated this division the, the, the last few years. Um, you know, they've been to the world series on four of the last five or something crazy like that. Um, are the Astros
1: still the favorite to win this division? James, what do you think? I don't think so. And I kind of alluded to it last episode we had. We were talking about how the Astros and you were talking about how they're starting pitching is so great and so good. And I agree their, their entire staff is good, but right now you have, you're really relying on Justin Verlander at 39 years of age, who's coming off Tommy John surgery, who hasn't played in a long time. And the first thing that happens when or the hardest thing to reclaim after you have Tommy John surgery is your accuracy. You can throw hard. Cool but your accuracy is what comes last when you have Tommy John and at 39 years old, Justin Verlander does not have the same velo he once did. And Justin Verlander wasn't really regarded as like this 98, 99 fastball pitcher. He's always been the kind of guy that can put his pitches in the right spot. And with Tommy John, it's going to take you a while to get that feel back. And so with that, you really, that's your ACE that should do that. You're going to rely on to carry you through the season for the most part. And I get the Frander, Frander Valdez you have, um, other guys that I can't remember their names of, but you see them often <laughs> like uh, the guy with the curly hair. Do you know what I'm talking about? Lance McCullers Jr. Mm. He's going to be, he's not, st- he's not going to start the season. He's going to be on, uh, he's injured. He's not going to be there for the starting rotation for the first couple of weeks. That's going to take a little bit out of you. Uh, the loss of Carlos Correa too, on top of that, like, that's going to take a huge hit. And yes, Kyle Tucker is getting better. And Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman are still, Decent hitters at their age and their lineup is still pretty good, but losing somebody like Carlos Correa in the middle infield is going to be tough for you defensively and offensively. That being said, I really just think it's going to come down to starting pitching and with Justin Verlander not going to be hundred percent at 39 years old right off the bat, that's going to hurt you a little bit. So right. who gets first then? I have the angels coming up first. And I like, mean, yeah, I do. If, And this is a big if, huge asterisk. If health pertains, and if everybody's healthy throughout the entire season, and you had mentioned Shohei, Mike, uh, Jared Walsh, um, Anthony Rendon, if they can all stay healthy for the first time ever in their careers, we're looking pretty good. That is a lethal lineup. And having you added Thor to the starting rotation, which is great. He shut down the Dodgers yesterday. And I, I mean, it's a preseason game, but he still shut down the Dodgers yesterday. He looks good. Coming off Tommy John, who played a couple, he played a couple games last year and he sucked last year, is what I'm saying. Like when you come off Tommy John, you're not going to be good. It took him more time to rehab, and now he's killing it. It's not really the starting pitching for the Angels that's really doing it for me. It's the bullpen. They added great bullpen arms. They might, I think they have a top three bullpen in the league right now. They're insane. right Glacier is as the closer, he had he was so good. Uh, they added Ryan Tapera, Aaron Lupin. Archie Bradley, all great arms in the bullpen. They're not going to have to rely on their starters all that much because you can pull them at three innings or four innings, and you can put in these guys who can shut you down and carry you out throughout the rest of the game. And if the lineup stays healthy, this is a dangerous lineup. David Fletch is going to get on base two or three times a game. Mike Trout always hits. Shohei is going to hit for power. Anthony Rendon hits for power. Jared Walsh hits for power. And now you've got these two studs young outfielders in the outfield when you have Joe Waddell and uh, Brandon Marsh. These are great players too. This lineup is stacked. They're going to be explosive. And if the bullpen can just hold them over, this team is going to be hard
2: to beat. I like it. I like the the bold statement. Back your team. Let's go. Uh, traden, who do you see as the favorite to win the AL West this year?
0: I'm sorry. I, I, I just, I, the the angels leave me too much to to, too many questions like, because, Oh, we seem like we go through this fucking mantra every single fucking year. Oh, they're going to be great. And then they're not, Oh, they're going to be great. And then they're not until I see something different until I actually see it. I'll believe it. I'm sorry. As much as I am an angels fan, I can't, I can't, I can't get there just because it's, we've been disappointed so many times. However, I do not see the, um, I do not see the Houston Astros as leading the, uh, the, the um, AL West. I like the rebuild of the Seattle Mariners uh, to, ty- to to what Tyler said. Um, and, and I think it's just because coming off of a 90, 90 win season, that's without, you know, um, kind of rounding out the, the last bit of the, of the rebuild here um, yeah, it, it, it was, it was surprising. Um, but I, I think, I think that they're finally going to end that drought and, and, and make it in, um, the, they had a great bullpen last year. Um, and if they can just match that, that that's going to be huge. Um, the, the it's kind of similar to what James said about the angels though. Like it's going to, it's, it's going to take the offensive prowess to, to, to get there as well. Um, the health needs to stay there as well. Um, and, you're you're bringing in some young guys that are going to get developed and I, I just think that the mariners have a chance to um to, to to climb that ladder even more and also i just don't know if the astros can can hang on anymore i, th- I think that you know to, to while i did shit on the angels in terms of them winning the 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 division i think that they have improved enough where they're going to make it a hard it's going to give it a hard time for the astros it might even start as early as uh, as Thursday. uh and, and the, the Mariners themselves are getting better. And the Astros, I think are going to start taking a step back. So you add all that in. And I think the Astros are in for a lot harder time than they used to be. And I just think that the Mariners it's, it's Mariners time to take over the, uh, the, the AL West this time.
1: So you think that the Mariners lineup is more explosive than the angels lineup?
0: I, I didn't say that. I just don't trust the health. I don't trust the, uh, I, I don't trust the star. And while you did say that you can take them out after three, three innings, it doesn't necessarily work that way. I mean, starting pitching has to be at least good enough to get you through a few, a few more than that. Like over the course of 182 games, I just don't, I just don't trust it. And, um, and, and, and for that 62, 160. Okay. Sorry. I, 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 think, wow. I think, I think, I think of, I think of 82 and yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. Um, um, and I'll probably do it again next year. i I guarantee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, i i I just this your
1: first full season of baseball that you've like watched actual baseball like you're you're, you're gonna watch baseball like this season right like a decent amount because the year before that wasn't a full season probably not that oh okay i mean i'll watch as much as i can it's just tough for me to watch last year was yeah oh it was
0: right Um, oh man and it was a full season last year but I, i i just i are we gonna get a healthy healthy squad i mean when was a lot i don't think the i don't think that otani and trout have played together are for a full season yet. No, they have not, like, not, not for a full like,
1: season. No.
0: And that's been what, four years. Like, Woo. what is it going to happen this year? We said that, three, we said man. that, <laughs> we said that the last three seasons. So until I see it, I can't, I can't, I can't do it anymore. And, and you know what, I, may, maybe it's me being a jaded Oilers fan and I'm, and I just wait because I know we're going to shit the bed. I'm just like, until I see you guys actually do well, you're, you suck. Same. It's the same
2: fucking feeling, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like, I guess I, I would, it's going to be a lot closer of a division. I still, as much as I hate to say it, like the Astros as the favorites to win this division. I think the Mariners are closer than the angels are, but I think the angels are definitely going to be competitive. I mean, if they don't have a winning year this year, I'm going to be very surprised. Like they should definitely be very competitive. They should be right there in, in the wild card race. As James, as you mentioned, that lineup is very good. I think it's probably the best lineup in that division, arguably win healthy, um, but the Astros also have a great lineup and the Mariners have put together a great lineup as well. I think what separates the Mariners and the Astros from angels again is pitching. And for me, that's what makes, I think they're just more well-complete teams. Um, I think the Astros have been have been successful, successful for so long. Yes. They, they, they lost a couple guys, um, but they're still a very, very good overall team that are that is going to win a lot of baseball games. Um, and I'm going to pick the Astros until someone knocks them off. Um, but uh, that kind of leads me to, to my, my follow-up question for this division. We talked about Mariners and, and Angels possibly making moves here and, and, and uh, contending for this division with the, ex- with the ex- expanded playoffs and with as competitive as the American League is, are the, both the Mariners and the Angels playoff teams? Both. James, what do you think?
1: I don't think so, man. Like I, I think the Angels will win the division, and then the Ashes will battle for that wild card. And with all the AL East teams going for it, too, I don't think the Mariners will make it in. Hmm. The Mariners have made some great strides, yes. I don't like the addition. I mean, like, the additions of Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winkler from Cincinnati is cool, but that's not going to really carry them over the hump. They played for the Reds. They were not the best player on the Reds. The best player on the Reds is Joey we He's still weirdly there. If you're going to blow up your team, blow it up all the way. Great additions, and I like the addition of Robbie Ray, other than Robbie Ray, there's not really any other pitching there. For the Angels, on the other hand, you have Shohei, who is an ace, and Syndergaard is an ace. You have two aces there, which is great. On the other, like for the Mariners, you have one, and not as strong of a bullpen. I don't think I don't like the Mariners as much as I like the Angels and the Astros. I
0: mean, I mean the bullpen Jordan, for the think? Mariners was pretty spectacular last year.
2: Yeah. better. Bull. I, I I think the Angels again probably have a couple guys that are better than the couple of guys in the Mariners, but I think the Mariners just depth wise are just better. But Trayton, what do you think? Do you, do you, think both the Mariners? Look, and look, look, this is right?
0: tough. I don't, I don't know that they're both going to make it because I, I had the Mariners winning the division. So that's going to leave the angels, the Astros, because we already have the three from the East. <laughs> Again, I, I don't, I don't want to be right on this. I don't, I want, I want to be, I want to be the idiot that says, you know what? I was, I was a Debbie downer and I was an idiot and I didn't believe in them this year. I just, I, I, I have to see it to believe it. And it's so, it's going to be very tight. We're, we're, I mean, the Mariners are looking better. The Astros are looking better. That's going to be a tight race. We already know that the East is fucking stacked. Like we already know that. So there's only one spot and the central sucks. So y- y- you're left battling each other. Houston's and ashes are battling each other. And, and I guess I kind of err on the side of what I've seen in the last few years, And I, I just, I, I just don't see it until I hope I'm wrong. I just put it that way. I hope, I hope I look like an idiot and James can say that to my face on this podcast.
2: All right. Some good karma, bad karma. We'll see how that all evens out for the angels, um, this year. Uh, but yeah, I think this American league West is going to be very, very competitive, uh, for the Oakland athletics fans out there. I'm so sorry. Uh, moving on to the national (laughs) league. Coast. Uh, we're going to talk about my team first, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, after signing Fred, Freddie Freeman, this is possibly one of the best lineups ever assembled in uh, in, the history of, in the history of baseball. Um, if they can all stay healthy, it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, really, they just need to be healthy for October. I think one of our problems in last October run didn't have Kershaw, didn't have Muncie, uh, two really huge guys that we did not have. Um, so if we can get everyone healthy and ready to go for October, I have really no Issues with them making the postseason with 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 the team with the team they have. Um, just a couple of players to watch for me are Cody Bellinger. Obviously, he, he's coming off a really really rough 2021 season. Had a pretty good postseason, um, but this but the season was great. His spring training, he's looked pretty lost at the plate. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back. And then also Gavin Lux. I think us trading away AJ Pollock kind of gave him a spot to possibly um, get in that lineup more often. Um, this is kind of one our you know prospect that's kind of been this, this young guy that's supposed to kind of break through. Hasn't really had that breakthrough quite yet. He's shown signs of it, but he hasn't really consistently done that. Um, so we'll kind of see how how, how he does. But uh, Bellinger and Lux are two guys that I'm really going to watch during the re- during the regular season. Um, but it should be another fun winning season for the Dodgers, um, barring some epic crazy collapse, which again, baseball can always happen, so you, you never know. Um, but again, I, I, I expect them to win the division this year. Uh, San Diego Padres biggest disappointment of the 2020 the 2021 season mostly the same team is back for this year they did add Maniah recently with the trade which gives them a pretty damn deep rotation and when you look at it, it's pretty scary i mean they got you darvish blake snell joe musgrove mike clevenger that we, we kind of forget about because he's, he's coming off uh tj uh Maniah, Sh- then they got chris paddock and mckenzie Mac- gore two of their young arms as well that's a pretty damn good starting rotation with, with a lot of depth um, they did change their manager. They have brought Bob Melvin in from, from the A's, uh, an experienced manager that's why, that's regarded as one of the best managers in in all of baseball. So we'll see if that helps them. Um, Tatis, of course, we learned that he that he's going to be on the injured list until about June time. Um, so he'll be out, He'll be on the on the shelf for a little while. But we last year coming into last year, we all expected this Padres team to to make, to make the playoffs. The fact that they didn't was insane. I still think that they're going to be very good again this year. I think they're going to bounce back. Um, like I said, that, that that pitching depth is insane. Um, the, the the San Francisco Giants, flipping it, were easily the biggest surprise of the 2021 season. They won 107 games, most in their history. Um, they won the NL West. Um, Buster Posey in the offseason, he did retire. So this begins the new mm-hmm. Joey Bart era. Um, they also added Alex Cobb and Carlos down to, to the rotation and also signed Jock Peterson, the homegrown kid um, great postseason bat there for the San Francisco giants. Um, again, this is a team that last year surprised everybody. Um, we'll see. I definitely don't expect them to win 107 games again, um, but I do expect them to be very competitive um, in this division. Uh, the Rockies kind of one of those teams. There's not much going on. They did add Chris Bryant in a very surprised move, I think on both sides. Um, so Chris Bryant should have a fun time hitting a, a, a Coors field, but uh, with the Giants and Padres above them, I don't see the Rockies really doing much this year. Same with the Diamondbacks. Um, they won, lost 110 games last season, so I think that they can improve on that this year. Let, let's hope so, but uh, it's going to be another rough year in, in in Arizona. This team is still rebuilding. They don't have a whole lot going for them. Um, so really, again, it's, it's, it's this top three, kind of the uh, California teams, so to speak, this kind of tri-rivalry in, in California with the Dodgers, Padres, and Giants. Um, Dodgers obviously are going to be the favorites to win the, 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 the division. They are the favorites to win the world series. Um, no one expected the, the giants to do as well. And no one expected the Padres to do it as, as bad last year. So coming into this year, I think we might see a little bit of, of, of shifting on, 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 on both sides. So which team will win more games trade in the giants or the Padres?
0: This, this is tough. I Cause I, cause I think that, I think you're going to see a step, for, a step back in the right direction for the, uh, for the Padres and definitely a step back for the giants. And I'm saying that as, as a Giants fan on the other side of the, uh, uh, on the, on the AL side, I'm sorry, on the NL side. Um, look, I, 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 I actually worry about the giants aging roster still. And um, it, you know, that that's still a concern. I know that, I know that you're going to bring in some, some newer blood and uh, at the catcher position. Um, but I, I, I just kind of worry about that. But then again, on the other, on the other hand, when, when Tatis is back, he's a big hitter, right? He's a power hitter and injuries like that. Don't like they, they can, they can linger for a long time. We we may not see the Tatis that we're used to this year. And I think that that's going to be a big, that might be a big problem offensively. And it's for that reason that I just think since that, that team galvanized, uh, that team, uh, that 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 Giants team, really galvanized and came together to to do something very very special. No, they did not make you know make it past the past your team, but they took you to five games. They took you they took a a Dodgers team to five games. They did the unthinkable by winning as many as many as they did. And that and I think especially in the face of everybody um, you know hating on them, thinking that they can't do it. And I think galvanizes as a group, and if that alone might be enough to to push them over the hump in terms of beating the uh, the Padres, it's going to be damn close. So we're gonna, we're talking like a three game difference, maybe three or four game difference.
1: James, who do you think will win more games in twenty twenty two? I think that for me, it's like not really that close. I mean, trades are making it out to be pretty close for him, but for me, it's not. I have the Giants winning more games. Uh, I mean, you lost Kevin Gossman, but you added Carlos Rodon, and you added. Other great arms too, and Alex Cobb apparently is throwing like mid nineties right now, and that's a great addition for somebody who has a a slurve on top of that. Like that's kind of crazy. What I don't like about the Padres and why I don't think they're not going to do as well as we think they're going to do is because of the Tatis injury first and foremost. If you lose, like you're not going to have him until June, July. That's two months of the season. That's That's going to be, yeah. That's that's tough to do without your star player. And Tyler, you're talking about how great and how stacked this pitching rotation is. They had pretty much the same rotation last year, yet they should the bed. And the only one you're really adding here is Sean Bonilla from the A's, who is eh. And Mike Clevenger coming back from Tommy John. And like I've been saying this entire time, the first season back from Tommy John is a tough season. Uh, Blake Stelm, highly regarded as an ace, had a tough year last year. Not as good as he was in Tampa Bay Um, you Darvish struggled big time the second half of the season. Like he was, he was throwing heat and it was getting people out in the first half second half really fell off and it was a sharp decline there. That's, it's tough to really focus on that when all these guys aren't mentally probably aren't going to give it their best shot because they know they're not the best guy on this rotation, not going to be relied upon. So mentally you take a couple reps off. They're like, oh, my God, I'm stuck here with all these other style young candidates. So, you know, I don't have to give it my best shot every single time. And that's tough because their rotation name value alone is phenomenal. Oh, my God. But when it comes to producing, it isn't as good as you think it is. The Giants, on the other hand, and Trading brought up the fact that he doesn't like this aging roster. They were aging last year, too, and they did it. And it's something to do with chemistry and the way Gabe Kepler runs this team is just different. It's not really relying so much on individualism. It's more so a team sport and a team that's based on chemistry. And a lot more time, when baseball especially, chemistry wins you games because it's a long season. you got to grind out day in, day out. You go weeks without a rest day and you play for your teammates. If you don't like your team, you're not going to do as well. For some reason, the culture in San Francisco is a team that loves everybody. They're a team that is close. They're brothers. That they, You just get the feeling that they're always going to be doing something good. I like the Giants more than I like the Padres. And as stacked as the Padres look on paper, the Giants will win more games. The, uh,
0: the one thing that I would say that is pushing me to thinking it's a lot closer than you do is I, it, it, maybe this is just, maybe this is ni- nativity, whatever, I think it's harder for a group of guys that had a season to forget to rebound than it is for nearly everyone who had career years to, to sustain that. You know what I mean? Like there's so almost every single player on that giant squad and it was amazing. All had career years and we would have to expect them, most of them to at least get to 80 to 90% of that. That's that, that, that's a lot to ask for than it is for to ask on the other side a season that they would much rather have completely wiped away. They have to be marginally better and th- it's going to just tighten it up a little bit. That's, that's, I guess, where my head is at in that
1: respect. So they won 107 games last year, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, and you said, yes. you said they you're aiming for the, these guys to play 90% of what they did last year, which 80, is a 90%. good number, 80, 90%, right? So what's 90% of 107, 90, 90 something. So if they win 90 something games, that's still great.
0: No, it is. I I don't even know if they're going to make ninety. To, and I know Tyler's already going to bring this up. I don't even know that they're going to have ninety wins. I don't think they are,
1: but I think they'll <laughs> they will be better and we'll have a better record than the Padres do.
0: Oh, I that I agree with. I just don't. I I all I was saying was I think it's going to be a lot closer than, uh, you know, than I, that, yeah. That's where my well, head. Okay, what what like.
1: do you think? Well, how many games? What is the differential for you? For me? Yeah, like how many games do you think the Padres will be close to the Giants? Three, three. See, I'm saying like eight, eight to 12.
0: Yeah. That seems you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's, I think that's fair. I, 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 you know, I it's, it's just tough to, it's, it's going to be very tough for that team to, when you know that the, when you know that the, the, the Padres are going to rise back up at least a little bit, it's, t- it's tough to sustain what you did last year. Now that doesn't say that's not going to happen, but it's tough. You have a lot more. You have a lot more eyes on you, and everybody knows your number all of a sudden. So it's like things are just going to be a little bit harder for the Giants. I
2: think it's it's really fascinating because you got two organizations that went in completely opposite directions, right? You got the the, the, the Padres that everyone expected them to do everything; they sucked. You got the Giants that no one expected everything from them, and they were great. Um, almost this year, it's flipped, and it's really hard because I think like on like as James also mentioned, on paper these, this Padres team is dirty. Like they, they, they should be w- very, very good and win a lot of games. And I think could arguably make the world series with this roster. Um, they have that kind of talent on their team, the giants, on the other hand, very good team. Um, but just not the kind of superstar power and the kind of, the, the kind of flashiness that, that the Padres display, but to James's point, seem like a much more well-rounded team and are together more, which I think is why they had so much success last year compared to the Padres that seem there's a little bit of chemistry issues there. We'll see if Bob Melvin can mend that or not. I think that's going to be huge for them is having a manager that, that, that knows how to do that very well. He's very experienced with, with, with that kind of stuff. It's, it's fascinating. I, I, and to Train's point too, like you, you, got, you guys are making a lot of good points. Is it easier to sustain a surprisingly good season or is it easier to bounce back from a really disappointing season? That's a fascinating question. Um, so we're going to see how it plays out. My gut instinct tells me the Padres are going to win more games than the Giants this year. But I do think it's going to be close, James. I, I disagree. I think that these two teams are going to battle out for, 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 for the wild card spot. I think it's going to be very, very close. I think they're both going to come, kind of come back to middle ground compared to where they were last year. I definitely think the, the, the Padres are going to bounce back, and I think the Giants are going to regress a little bit. But I'm definitely not going to underestimate the Giants like I did last year, like all season long. I underestimated them <laughs> every step of the way, and it came and bit me in the ass. I'm not doing that again this year. Um, I think the giants are a very good squad and I do think that they got better. Like, you know, like we, they, they did lose a couple guys, but I think they also added some, some really good pieces too. So I have to believe that this team together with, 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 with leadership is still going to win a lot of baseball games, but I have to believe the Padres are going to bounce back. I just, I just can't see it going that poorly, but then again, the Padres are the Padres. So who fucking knows? Um, so that leads me to my final question as division. How many 90 plus win teams are in this division? I, I could ask the question. How many 100 plus win teams are in this division? Because we had two of them last year. But I'm gonna ask how many 90 plus wins? At least 90 plus win teams are in this division. James, what do you got?
1: Just yeah, one? one. Yeah, the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are gonna win over 110 games. They're just too stacked. Yeah. Uh, everybody. I mean, like the Giants, won 100 plus last time too. But as Trade mentioned, which I agree with, you can't. They can't be sustaining that this season with that same roster. So like they're going to come back to earth a tiny bit and 90% of 107 is a little bit over 90 and give or take some variability there. I think they're going to drop by think they're going to get hit like 87, 88. Um, but that's what I have now. And then yeah. the Padres, like I said, are going to be eight to 12 games under that. All right. Trading.
2: You also agree with J- James, just the Dodgers 90 plus. Yeah. 90. The
0: Los Angeles money bags will be the only team <laughs> over 100 and actually I would not be surprised if James Wright 110
2: wins sounds easily in the ballpark and that's no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> it was super intended um I'm, I'm going to be a little more optimistic I'm, I'm going to say there's two teams I think the Padres will win 90 games I think they'll be right around 90 and Giants can be right behind them I think it's going to be they're going to be like high 80s uh the, I think the Padres are going to be 90s low kind of low, low 90 range but like I guess that probably won't matter a whole lot because like, I, I, I agree with you I think Dodgers are going to be closer to the 100 to the range there. Um, but I do see two 90-plus win teams in this division. I think the Padres and Dodgers are going to be those two teams. Uh, Father, yeah. What, would, what are you going to do if the Diamondbacks actually end up in first? I, I'd probably just quit and just watch a different – Would you stop football. watching baseball forever? I mean, my my initial reaction would be yes, but of course I wouldn't. I would just – That would be insane. That would be insane. That would be – I, mean, I thought the Giants were probably going to – finished last last if, year. if anybody wants to know, the Diamondbacks have a 12 a plus 12,000
0: odds of winning the division. 12,000.
1: 12,000. So if I bet 100 bucks and they win the division, I get $12,000. $12,000, yes. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> 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 so for injuries or everybody else, like <laughs> that's definitely in
2: the ballpark. Just hope all of the Dodgers Padres and Giants players get hurt and that somehow the Diamondbacks will have enough to win. We'll see, man. But yeah, NL West. I mean, I think both of the Western divisions are going to be very, very competitive. Um, and this is going to kind of lead to my final little part of the of the uh, MLB previews: is who's going to win the World Series this year, guys? Um, I think it's 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 going to be fascinating. The, the expanded playoffs are going to be super fun to watch. I was talking with this off air with, with with James how adding that third wild card spot makes this a hell of a lot more interesting. So I think it's pretty easy to pick two wild cards but picking that third wild card is really difficult because there's arguably five or six teams in each league that you could pick to make that spot. So it's going to be really, really fun to watch. Um, I'm excited to get this season going. Uh, most teams start on Thursday night. Everyone else will start this series on Friday. I know James and trade you guys are going to open day, which is amazing. Another bucket list. You got two, you get two of my bucket list items in less than a week. So I'm super jealous of you guys. What well, your um, job and hang out with us? Yeah, I probably do that. You're right um (laughs) so it's it's gonna be fun guys uh but let's real quick we're gonna pick the world series uh matchup and the world series champion trade-in the 2022 world series will feature which two teams and who wins it in six games the dodgers
0: will beat the toronto blue jays in the world series lots of blue uh
1: james who do you got dude there's there's so many teams in mlb yes 30 30 there's 30 teams in the MLB, yep. and it's crazy how me and Trade have the same exact freaking pick, mm. which is unfortunate. no way, dude. Yeah, but I, I do like the offense versus offense, and I want to see a World Series game that has a total combined of 28 runs. That would be cool. Uh, but I do, <laughs> just to piss Tyler off in Dodger Nation, I want the Blue Jays to win. Oh, I want, I want them the Blue Jays to win, to I just be... don't know if they can. <laughs> Blue Maybe Jays. the Blue Jays, the, the I think okay, so Toronto is younger than the Dodgers. Dodgers are a little bit older throughout the entire 162 game season plus the playoffs. I think that the Toronto Blue Jays have a little bit more energy towards our World Series game Man, to push them past that the Dodgers. That's hot. Is offense first? Offense. Canada, team Canada, then also team Florida because they played in Florida for the majority of last year. But team, <laughs> team, team Canada, up, Florida. Up. This yeah, they will not.
2: The Buffalo Blue Jays, not 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 this <laughs> year. Um, yeah, I like those picks, guys. Um, I'm obviously going to pick the same team from the National League, Dodgers, uh, but I'm going to have them facing off against the Chicago White Sox. Mm. Funny because this was my prediction last season, but I'm going <laughs> to stick with it. Uh, I think the you're so original. Yeah, I know. Uh, I just think <laughs> the Dodgers and White Sox are just the the mo- most complete teams in their respective leagues. So I'm going to go Dodgers and White Sox, and obviously got the Dodgers, um, uh, winning the World Series. So. We'll see what happens, guys. Again, it's a long grind, and it all starts on Thursday, 162 games, leading us into October. Hope you guys are ready for it. Uh, power rankings are going to start again pretty soon. Uh, we're going to get those MLB Dams coming back again. Uh, so get ready, guys. MLB opening day right around the corner. Love it. Hell
0: yeah. Um, Dams are back next week, I presume. Um, and uh, I'm very excited for that. Um, that'll be very fun. Um, thank you, Tyler. That was fantastic. You heard our picks. Um, it is going to be a very fun MLB season, as you can imagine. Um, and we we look really we look um, very much forward to it. Um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to end the podcast with a little bit of hockey talk. Things are a little bit different for me uh, for the next uh, four weeks. This is the last four weeks of the NHL season, and we're going to talk about the shitty teams in the NHL before we talk about the playoff teams. When we come back. And we're back. Thank you guys for sticking with us. We're going to be talking about hockey. We are four weeks away from the NHL playoffs, but we are currently in the NHL fantasy playoffs. And James, myself, my fiance and Ryan Ludwig, I don't know who you are. We made the uh, we we made the the fantasy playoffs. Um, I am playing Kylie for the first two weeks. James, you are taking on Ryan, the winner of the of the next two weeks, play each other for the for the finals um it, it, it was it was quite an interesting season um i do remember about two or three weeks ago someone said to uh, eric told someone i don't remember who it was that i would be sucking and wouldn't make fantasy playoffs well fuck you i did um going, <laughs> i believe uh five weeks in a row winning and then thank you james for uh for beating um michael weitzman the the, the ghost the guy that we have never met um why does he get to
1: be the ghost what about ryan why can't ryan be the ghost
0: he could be too, um, but he's actually
2: in the playoffs still, so we actually care about him right now. So, uh,
1: yeah. what if, so what if
2: what if one of those guys are me? I just made a fake account. That would be you cheating. Have, How?
1: That would <laughs> you're be not, You're creative. Those last names, <laughs> Ludwig and yeah. Weitzman. Weitzman. Those are not normal last names. No, maybe it's an anagram. Who knows?
2: You um, know now, what that running, now
0: it's going to keep me up at night thank you for that tyler You're um but what's not going to keep you up at night well it may because uh we're, actually there it does not keep you up at night because the teams that we're going to be talking about right now are done they are eliminated from the playoffs much like tyler's fantasy chat chances she oh, is they are flushed down the toilet bye bye <laughs> sorry tyler i had to i had to dig at you a little bit there it's, it's all good um I want to change things up a little bit this week. Uh, Usually you guys are used to the one, 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 we are no longer doing any more one, one, ones for the next two and a half months, three months. Um, We're going to be talking. Well, I guess that's not necessarily true, but um, it's, it's mostly true. We're going to be talking about playoffs here in four weeks, but I want to talk about the teams that get, have been eliminated so far. This is how we're going to run things for the next few weeks. We have five teams that have been officially eliminated from the, from the, um, from the playoff contention. And I just want to kind of talk about them and, and, and get our kind of views of what their future was, what happened this season and whether they are, have a chance to kind of turn it around Um, it, you know, next season, they're going to have another shot at it, obviously. So we're going to start on the East, uh, Eastern side of the, uh, of the equation. We're going to start with the team that is dead last in the, in the uh, league. Actually, let me make sure that is the case. It is all tied. They're tied for last, but in the East they are definitely last. Um, it is the Montreal Canadians, uh, the Montreal Clinton Canadians were eliminated right off the, uh, pretty, pretty quickly. They were the first to be eliminated. Um, you know, Kerry w- Price, we obviously know didn't, um, you know, w- w- was, was gone, um, uh, because of, because of his own, uh, own issues and, and his injury, uh, Shea Weber, he, we, he may never play again. Um, Joel Edmondson, um, just it was gone as well. And then that doesn't include everyone that they lost, um, you know, going into, going into the season, including Philip. No. Um, and before the coaching change and the GM change, things were, things went off the rails really quick. This is coming from a team that, you know, went went to the Stanley cup final last year and they just completely, it, 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 it was just a, it was just a mantra for, you know, terrible play. And then we, you know, we, and then we saw them kind of change things a little bit. We, we saw, um, we saw Martin Saint Louis take the helm of the coaching um, coaching side and things started to look up. Um, But I guess I want to just ask James, um, how do you feel about the Montreal Canadians at, you know, at the, towards the last half of the season? And do you have, do you have optimism for this team and what is it?
1: I, I mean, definitely the second half of the season after they got a new coach, I was like, wow, this is like a brand new team. Uh, They definitely made some strides and I think they got the players really trust the new coach and they like playing for him. And this team is, has some relatively young pieces like Cole Caulfield that they can really develop and turn into a superstar type player. But before that's said and done, I think that the Montreal Canadiens need to do a full rebuild. They need to blow up who, I mean like they've already lost a ton of people that were part of that Stanley cup run team that didn't win it, but they made that run Kerry uh, price man as much of a fixture as you are to montreal i think it's time for you to go i think it's time wow. for you to go to a spot where you feel appreciated and feel like you can play for them because right now i mean part of the Kerry re- price had an injury and yes he had his issues is um that he checked into rehab for and whatnot but typically if he really wanted to play for this team he would i i think personally he would have made a Harder push to do so. But with the team falling apart the way it did, he did not do that. I think Carey Price needs to go somewhere else. New start for him, new start for the Canadians. The Canadians already lost a bunch of their leaders, so might as well lose your last leader to make room for new blood and new culture that is brought on by uh, Martin St. Louis and Cole Caulfield. These two together will make a good tandem in the future. It'll take a couple of years, but at this point in time, you already pretty much started your rebuild, just finish it. Make sure you get everybody else out of there who was part of that old regime that doesn't have the same mindset as you guys, who doesn't want to buy into the culture, and those who cost too much money for a team that is not going to be in playoff contention anytime soon.
0: That's interesting. Um, I mean, there, there's really no timetable for when Price is going to return. He might just stay in um, LTIR for the foreseeable future which alone gives you some some cap space but james i, th- I think that's I, I think i think you are probably right in that he, he 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 may return and he'll have a fresh start but i i just don't know if 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 they need to be spending 10 million dollars on the goalie when they're not ready to your point um they're not ready to compete and and presumably carrie price will be um th- in terms of what you said, tear it down. I mean, there's, they really, the only person, the only player that they're really going to worry about trading maybe two is Jeff Petrie and David Savard. Jeff Petrie does have a no trade clause, but that's, that's a 15 team, no trade clause. So presumably someone's going to be going to look for services. They're probably going to have to pay, uh, uh, carry half that salary um, the other way. Um, But presumably he's not, he's going to be playing his last games as a Montreal Canadian here um, coming up makes me feel better that he didn't do as well as he, as he could have, because we flushed him right out of Edmonton and he did great. And then he kind of came back down to earth. Um, Tyler, I want to ask you, um, you know, Martin St. Louis has obviously left an imprint on this team. Um, And we've talked about on this podcast, Cole Caulfield has looked incredible in the last, um, last bit here in the last, uh, you know, 24 games that he, um, you know, that Martin St. Louis has taken the helm. This is his first, um, chance at a, at a head coach in, uh, for a head coach position in the NHL. He, he was coaching peewee hockey, which is like 12 year olds um, prior to this, given everything that's happened. Can you, can you imagine him not being, not being signed, um, at least the three-year contract and staying as the coach of the Montreal Canadians at this point? I don't. I mean,
2: I, I think he deserves an opportunity to run with this team, given everything, just the state of the franchise, how bad it was. And you could, you could make the argument, like it was pretty easy to turn a franchise around that was in that deep of shit. But I do think that this, they, they, they hired him for a reason. I think everyone uh, it, there seems to be a lot like the vibe is completely shifted with him running it. Um, so I think that's step one. I think culture matters. I think having someone in there that's going to provide that is huge. Obviously all the talent, I mean, there's a lot that needs to happen with this team talent wise to be a successful hockey team. But I think a, a huge thing that is hard to find that is super important is a, is a, is a really good leader. And I think St. Louis is, is that guy, um, you know, again, not the ton of like, most experienced in the world, Kiwi hockey at the NHL. It's pretty insane, but Hey, if, I mean, I say you give him a chance until he proves otherwise that he's not going to be good. I think so far he's, he's earned that. He's earned that opportunity to try and run this team to see what they can do.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and it just adds to the new regime that, that Montreal kind of brought in halfway through the season. Um, you know, K- uh, Kent Hughes, Jeff Gorton, St. Louis, and now they even bring in uh, a special advisor to hockey, uh, NHL forward, Vincent Lecavier, who, who played with St. Uh, St. Louis in Tampa where they won in 2002. Um, it seems like Montreal has looked inward and is looking to, to change the culture. And they really have, they are going to be in for Shane Wright, who is the top prospect in the draft this year. Um, They have tons of picks. And I think that they're going to be on, on the right trajectory to turn things around. Um, And and I said this before, what St. Louis has done to his younger players alone, showing them that it's not okay to lose that, that, that you, that, that, you know, you, you, they, and whipped them back into a shape and, and brought them to, um, you know, brought them in the right direction. I think alone is deemed worthy of him getting another, uh, getting, um, an extension if he wants it. We'll see if he, uh, we'll see if he's interested, but the Canadians, I think there is, there is room for optimism. It's just so hard in that Eastern division or Eastern conference. And especially in the Atlantic division, um, moving on to the next, uh, worst team in the, uh, in the, in the East, that would be the New Jersey devils, um, they f- have failed to make the Stanley cup players for four straight. Um, and for the ninth time in the last 10 years, um, they were eliminated after they lost to the Boston Bruins. They turn around and give up a six, two loss, um, in the, in the, in the, or a six, two lead in the next game. This, uh, th- this team is, is reeling at this point. Um, uh, they, interestingly, they have many unrestricted free agents that are, uh, that are, um, you know, on their way out. PK Subban presumably is not going to come back. Um, John Gillies probably not going to come back. Andrew Hammond. I can't imagine is going to come back. They do have some potential free, uh, restricted free agents that will be up for, um, th- that will be up for, uh, an extension. Um, mo- most of them have arbitration rights. So it'll be interesting to see if they get, um, offer sheeted. Um, I, I, I especially look at Jesper Bratt, Jesper Bratt, you know, he played, uh, New Jersey played the Edmonton Oilers a, uh, a few weeks ago and, and, Jesper Bratt's a brat guys. He's a good hockey player. And, uh, and he pissed, he certainly pissed me off. So he, he, you could see him potentially, um, potentially getting, uh, um, getting offer sheeted by anybody, but what really, you know, what really, um, hurt this team was, um, they have a points or that point to, uh, I'm sorry, 26.5% point percentage on the road. They, they sucked on the road. Um, they let in so many goals on the road, 4.12 goals per game. That's, 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 that's terrible. (laughs) Um, Hughes and uh, Jack Hughes and uh, Dougie Hamilton both um, suffered major injuries, which held them out. Um, Goaltending was a major issue, um, and and that 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 just is is a is a worry for me. Um, and and I guess I just want to ask you, Tyler. Um, very similar to the question I asked James, do you have any optimism for this t- for this New Jersey Devils team next year?
2: I actually do have a little bit of optimism. I think of all the teams that we we're talking about on this list, I think this is a team that can get back into a winning hockey season the fastest. Um, I think there's a lot of pieces there in New Jersey that are good, especially on the offensive side. Obviously their defense is pretty bad. I, I think they rank 17th in the league for goals for, which is not a bad spot to be. That's a right, you know, obviously about middle of the pack, but obviously defense and goaltending is is atrociously bad. So they have to figure that out. Hopefully in the off season, they'll, they'll address those needs. Um, but if they can address those needs, um, I see this team next year bouncing back and you know, possibly at least being a 500 club or right around there, at least taking a step forward. To me, the Devils were one of the more disappointing teams in hockey. I didn't expect them to be very good or to make the playoffs or anything, but I definitely expected them to be way better than they are. Certainly not the bottom of the Eastern Conference, um, certainly not behind Buffalo. Um, so the, it, to Buffalo's me it's a good team now guys. Yeah, certainly and, and Ottawa, uh, just it's bad. Um, but um, so I, I, but I do think that this team is is close. They just need a few more pieces to kind of turn it around. I think they are close. So I think there is reason for optimism in New Jersey. Wasn't the season they wanted? I, I don't, I don't, think they they took the step forward they were expecting. But like I said, I think hopefully they have ownership that understands the needs and and, and how to get those needs. But obviously it has to come from uh, the the defense and especially the goaltending. I don't know how they're gonna do it. Um, but obviously, that's where the where the need is. But there are a lot of good pieces there that, if they can stay healthy and they can bounce back, I think this team can bounce back faster than all the other teams on on this list.
0: James, I, I there's not really a pointed um, question I want to ask you, but I guess I, I want to kind of echo the same question I, I ask um, Tyler. You know, this team has has a, a lot of young guys. Jack Hughes for for one. Um, Dawson Mercer looked really good, uh, and they have Nico Heaschir who you know. As much as Eric likes to shit on him, he's a good hockey player. Um, the, the problem was goaltending. Um, I mean, do you, think, what, do you think, besides that, do you think there's any other bigger um, piece that they need to, to address in the soft season?
1: I, I, I don't. I think that they're actually on the right track with these young guys and developing them forward. And I think the one thing that really set them back the most was injuries. And you had mentioned it before, Jack Hughes and Doug Hamilton had some pretty substantial injuries. And having those two guys go out for a while, you're like, okay, well now we got to rely on some, like Nico Hesher, he was good. Dawson Mercer, who was good, but they weren't as far along as Jack Hughes was. And with that being said, with those injuries, had they not occurred, we might be talking about them a little bit differently than we are today. Uh, they're on the right track though. with those solid pieces that they have, given to P.K. Subban with their slew footing, like, dude, you're, I don't know. Are you going to have a place in the league anymore? I don't really know. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, like, this team is making the right steps, and they're going to be good sooner rather than later. All you have to do is keep producing this core, this young core, having a better and better each and every year. Although, like we saw with the Toronto Blue Jays and the MLB, like, they were a young team that all of a sudden had this exponential growth curve because their young talent decided to be better and show up at the right time. And if this new Jersey Devils young court can do the exact same thing, it's going to be great. And all you have to do now is find a goalie. As soon as you get that and this team is on the right track, you can invest your money, $10 million into a goalie, get carry price. I don't know. If that happens, then this team is looking mighty fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, they know how to score goals and that, and that's, and that's very important. They need to figure out their, their, their road game. Like they can't, obviously they can't play on the road that needs to be addressed. Um, Some teams, you know, if you can at least go 500 on the road, I think you're in good shape, especially if you're, if, if you're a strong home team, obviously, um, but at the very least you got to go 500, But when you're going 25, 27%, that's that's ugly. Um, but I I love the young squad here. Um I think I think they're gonna make further steps. And um I I think the future looks pretty decent for the New Jersey Devils, albeit they're again in the East, it's so tough. Um Moving on to the to the third team that has been eliminated in the East, and that would be the Flyers. They just could not overcome the injuries to, um, to Ryan Ellis, uh, defensive Ryan Ellis, after he sustained a lower body injury during training camp. Um, Sean Couturier was out, um, and he played his last game on December 18th, and then Kevin Hayes would, had a, abdominal surgery that had him out for the first 12 games of the season. Uh, um, so that, that was a problem. Um, they, they had many, many, um, stretches where they didn't have Drake Broussard. Now he's now oiler. They, uh, now, uh, uh, image Oiler. um, they traded him, Scott Lawton, Nate Thompson, Joel Farabee. They had so many injuries, um, and, um, their power play was putrid their Overall, this team just looked awful. Um, James, you know, we saw Carter Hart and Martin Jones af- actually keep them, at it, keep them in games. I mean, that was actually the quote-unquote bright spot, especially when you look at Carter Hart, who's been kind of like, eh, like I'm not saying they were fantastic, but they were certainly a lot better than they, than, you know, if they were, if they had the seasons, they had the season before, I think it would have been really, really bad. Um, And uh, we even worse than it already was. Um, Do you, do you chalk this season up to, you know, it's an injury thing and they're going to work through it? Or do you think that they're actually, they actually need some, actual little bit
1: of a restructuring here. We said this last two weeks ago when you talked about the trade deadline. And uh, you had said that the Flyers said they were making a restructuring of their roster instead of a rebuild. And I was like, nah, dude, when you get rid of your best dude, the heart and soul of this team, it's a rebuild. They're going through a rebuild, not so much to restructure. And I think this you'll see this offseason, they're going to lose and trade away a bunch of their core guys that are older and kind of go more towards the younger crowd and developing them for further because for years they've been kind of like kind of competitive, kind of not, but when you get rid of Claude Giroux, the heart and soul of that team, you're, you're waving the white flag. It's, it's a, it's a rebuild. And I think they're going to keep Martin Jones and um, Carter Hart because goalies are kind of hard to come by. And if you're going to continue developing a team, it doesn't matter if your goalie in the back is an elite guy. You just kind of want to continue developing your young core players your skaters who will get better over time. And when that, when push comes to shove a lot, like the New Jersey devils, you can invest heavily into a goaltender who can really help you out and push you over that hump to be a contender. But until then, there's no point to getting that, that do that goalie. If your skaters aren't all there, they got to blow it up. You got rid of Claude Giroux, get rid of Travis connecting next. That gets shame and like they're, they're they're gone. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it it's very interesting. Um, you know, Ivan Provorov it comes to mind. He he didn't have the greatest season, but they really brought in I- Ryan Ellis to work with him. So you wonder if you're going to give Ivan Provorov one more chance to play with Ryan Ellis, a healthy Ryan Ellis, um next next season. Ryan Ellis is a fantastic defenseman, um and being out the entire season was was rough for them. Um Tyler how do you feel about the flyers going into this, this off season? I mean, we're, there's lots of change. There was already a lot of changes. We've seen them. We've seen, we've seen them have a controversial move in, in sitting Keith Yano this week, this weekend. Um, I, I have since kind of thought more about that situation, but I, we don't need to get into that. But um, you know, th- this team had quite a bit of noise and y- you know, do, do you think the noise has been I mean, obviously the noise hasn't been good, but do you think that this team is going to be less noisy or at least is the noise
2: gonna be in the positive direction next season? I don't think it's gonna be positive. I kind of agree with James. I think this team is trending toward toward a rebuilding time period. Um just a shame because I mean I, I think Philadelphia, you know, was was right there into being a a pretty good contender, but they really haven't had a whole lot of like really good success with this with this group like they've they've made the playoffs a few times, but you know they've had some moments, but they really haven't had that run that they i think we're hoping for um so i think I think at this point they're kind of just going all right, we gave it our best with 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 this group let's let's try and regroup re- rebuild I think they're going to let the the carolina Florida teams kind of go through their little stretch run. And hopefully by the next time the new wave of Eastern conference teams comes in, they are going to be a part of that wave. Um, that's kind of how I see this, 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 this team moving forward. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think the flyers are going to be good anytime soon. I think, I think it's going to be a, they're going to be suited for a couple or, or s- several pretty shitty years.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I tend to agree <laughs> just because there's so much noise around this team. Right. And, and I think that's a problem. Uh, I know the players weren't happy about what happened on the weekend, but it, you know what? At some point, at some point, it had to end, and um, you gotta let your new players play. And by and for those that don't know, Keith Ender, was was held out, was healthy scratched um, in his, after playing 989 games straight. Um, he was 11 games away from from a thousand straight. A um, thousand games in, in, in a in a career is is one thing, but to do it in a in a, in a row is quite spectacular. But he just wasn't good this season, and um, and it was just about time. It just it just kind of a shame it had to happen this year. He, pro- he probably should have been scratched fifty game uh, fifty games ago, but um, it is what it is. Uh, um, that that's for another time. But um, it, it, it it it's going to be tough for them. I mean we're we're seeing we're seeing a lot of the teams find their way to 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 being good, and I just don't know if if Philadelphia, even though New Jersey is behind Philly in the in the standings, I just think that. New Jersey, to your guys' point, is going to have a better step forward than than the Philadelphia Flyers next season. Moving over to the West, um, the lowly Coyotes, the lowly Arizona Coyotes that are going to play at a college arena ASU next year. Unbelievably ridiculous, if you ask me. um, Could not overcome their terrible start, and they have issues on special teams. To give you guys some perspective, um, they did they were eliminated after they lost to the Oilers on Monday it's very nice to see that we can eliminate teams uh, for once that might be the only team that we eliminate this season um <laughs> the coyotes went 0-10 and 1 in their first 11 games that's <laughs> just fucking okay, that's not a great start um and their first win was against the Seattle Kraken um, on November 6th November 6th They didn't win a game in October. (laughs) Terrible. Um, They allowed 236 goals in 66 games. That's an average of 3.58 goals per game. Um, They were 31st on the power play, 29th on the penalty kill. Simple math says that's awful. Um, There are 32 teams and they are at the very bottom. Um, James, I want your thoughts. What do you think about this team right now? I mean, this team there's a lot of question marks. Are did they, are they going to get moved? Are they actually going to play at ASU? What, like what, where, where's your mind? What do you think about when I ask you about the uh, Arizona Coyotes?
1: I don't think that the Arizona Coyotes will be any semblance of a team or be competitive until they have their own stadium. Cause nobody, like if you're a free agent, you don't want to be like, yeah, I play at this college campus. I play at ASU. Ah, this is great. Nobody wants to say that you can't develop a team in a college campus you got to have your own home with your own amenities and treat the players like they're professionals when you have your players play in a college campus that they've already i mean like they went through college presumably some of them maybe not all of them but they've gone through that phase in their life they don't want to go back you're a professional now the one thing that really speaks to me is that um you guys know who mark cuban is I'm assuming, yes. Mark Cuban of the Dallas Mavericks. He bought that team. Then the Dallas Mavericks locker room was poop. Like The arena was bad. He bought that team. He changed the locker room, uh, changed the arena, made it, they treated the guys like elite professionals. And all of a sudden you see their play improve. Nobody wants to play for the Arizona Coyotes because they're not treated like professionals right now. They, like, Arizona doesn't really want them. Like, where are they supposed to go? If you don't feel safe, like if you don't have a home, you don't anywhere to really call your place of business or where you play, who wants to play there? So until they get that sorted out, until they have their own stadium that they can call theirs, I don't think the Arizona Coyotes will ever will be competitive. Yeah, um, I, I, I I tend to agree.
0: I mean, they, they just don't have an identity at this point, and it's very it's very much up in the air. Um, if you ask me, Tomen Fertita, owner of the uh, Houston Rockets, should, should, um, should just turn around. Look at, uh, look at, um, Gary Bettman and, you know, I, I, think he tried to buy the team in the past, but I think it's time to really, to make a push, bring them to Houston and, uh, make them a team that they deserve. Houston deserves a team in any way. Um, I want to ask Tyler, I want to ask you about Clayton Keller. Um, you know, I, I pray that he, that he has a speedy recovery. It's very sad that he, uh, that he had such a terrible accident last week against sharks. Um, is he uh, he? Uh, how much of an impact do you think he's going to have on this team going forward? Is is he is he going to continue being the future of this team?
2: I mean, he's he's the only kind of bright spot that this, like like Kydus have. I mean, this team is going to be bad for a long time. Um, a lot of reasons James mentioned. I, I the ownership needs to get their shit together and treat these guys like professionals, and they need to spend money. If they need to relocate to do that, they need to relocate to do that. Um, it's it, it's not a place you want to play right now. Period. Um, So until that changes, as, as James mentioned, it's not going to get the, the team on the ice is not going to improve, but yeah, hopefully Keller comes back. Cause like I said, I, I truly believe he's really the only guy that deserves, um, you know, I mean, I obviously I think all the players deserve to be uh, treated well, but uh, he, he's the one guy that talent wise um, is by far their, their best guy and hopefully that they can build around him. Unfortunately, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, feel, I, I can easily see him being a trade deadline bait at some point, especially if the Coyotes don't turn it around quick, which I have zero optimism that's that's going to happen. I don't think Keller's going to retire a Coyote. I'd be shocked if that happens. Um, I think he's going to get moved at some point. I don't know if it's next year, two years from now. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's just, th- this organization is just in a really, really rough spot.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, He he's he he'll be uh, wrapping up his second season of his eight-year contract. Uh, um, It'll be interesting to see where he goes. You guys do mention that they that players don't get treated well enough, and and I tend to agree. However, I want to tip my hat to the Arizona Coyotes for for playing. Um, Phil Kessel for, you know, the one shift that he had so they can keep his Ironman streak going and then sending him away immediately after so that he could be there for the birth of his first child. That was really classy move. They put him on the private jet, sent him right to where his wife was. That was pretty classy. But other than that, coyotes need to get your shit together. Um, it's quite an embarrassment. Um, the Seattle Kraken is the last team we're going to talk about today. The Seattle Kra- Kraken, obviously we're eliminated, um, look, I think this is a function of a team that could not reach the high expectations set forth by the Vegas golden Knights. Um, look, this team, uh, (laughs) the the golden Knights blew us away, right? The golden Knights were, were, did something that we could never expect. And, and you know what? Surprisingly, because Dallas can't figure their shit out, they're still in contention of making the playoffs at this point. Like that, that's how insane the golden Knights have been for five seasons now. Um, and I, you know, and you, you, maybe you can chalk it up to, to lofty, to lofty expectations, whatever. Um, on, on the other hand, though, we knew that Seattle would not be able to score goals. That wasn't the problem. It was, they thought, oh, we have the good defense. We have, we have goaltending. Maybe we can stay in enough games to make, to make this, uh, make this fun. And, uh, Grubauer, um, who we thought was going to be, you know, the greatest player on the, uh, in Seattle history for the one season that they had a history. Um, He was bad. He was really bad. He had an eight, eight, nine save percentage one, a a single shutout and a 3.19 goals against average. That is not great at all. That is not going to win you games. Um, Seattle allows 3.51 goals per game and, uh, and an 89.9 save percentage on five on five. That is 27th and 31st respectively in the league. Again, the math is that's really, really bad. Um, Tyler, was it fair to expect that the that the Seattle Kraken were going to do what the Vegas Golden Knights did
2: absolutely not i th- i think as you mentioned the golden knights put an expectation on this team that was not that was not fair the golden knights did something very very special that we're probably never going to see ever again an expansion team in their first year making it all the way to the Stanley Cup final is just unheard of that's what made it that's what made it such a great story then and why they caught the whole hockey world on fire which that is just not a normal thing and not just with the hockey but with most expansion teams across all sports usually not going to be very good in your first few years. I think what Seattle was going through is a normal expansion team, growing pains kind of situation. Like this is what you should expect an expansion team to go through. Um, It's just hard to kind of bring a bunch of guys that were unwanted, kind of the group of misfits, so to speak together um, with zero kind of culture built in zero kind of anything set up and just expect them to do great things. Like it's just, it's going to take time for that to happen. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't think it was fair for us to expect them to do anything great. Um, you know, I, I do have optimism optimism for the Seattle Kraken uh, franchise. I think they have a great fan base. They have an awesome arena. I think the ownership wants to spend money and make this team very good. It seems like they 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 are driven to be a successful hockey franchise. So I think that will happen. But like I said, it's going to take some time to kind of build that infrastructure there, so to speak, hockey wise. To, to make those wheels turn, but um, I have optimism for their future. Unlike some other teams on this list, just because I think the I, I I think the fan base is there, they want it. I think the ownership wants it. There's a lot of drive there to be good, and I think that will happen eventually.
0: Yeah, um, look the, the the ownerships between the
2: Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken
0: couldn't be any more different. The Golden Knights, uh, Bill uh, uh, Bill Foley is the most aggressive owner I have ever seen in in, in NHL history. He was giving up. Mark Andre Fleury to to win a Stanley Cup. Mark Andre Fleury. He, th- he threw away. He threw away te- players that that were seminal to to that first run, and he didn't care. It meant if it meant getting them to the next step, it didn't matter. Um, and he was he's so aggressive and um, and you know all the power to him. He, 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 he got some immediate success. It seems like the ownership in Seattle is a lot more patient. They want to do things the full way. And on top of that, I think a lot of teams learned what not to do in an expansion um, situation. I think they kind of gave away a lot more than they otherwise would have, if they would have known any better um, in that, in that, uh, in the golden Knights expansion draft. Um, James, I want to ask you, I mean, we saw in the trade deadline, the Kraken pretty much sold everything. They they gained a lot of draft capital and um, they're, they're now, I, I kind of think that the first year, you know, you're given a, you're given a bunch of, of players that no one wanted you play your season. And then they, they did it kind of right. They tore it down and now they're, now they're rebuilding their team. How do you, how many years do you think the Kraken it's going to take for the Kraken to be a team that is worthy of a playoff spot? Seven.
1: Seven. Okay. Seven years uh that being said their main problem was defense and goaltending here and this is a team that everybody when they drafted people they were like yeah this team is built for defense not so much offense and yet we know in the nhl the learning curve for a defenseman is much longer than a learning curve for a a forward and they're probably gonna be drafting some defensemen here because that's where they need help Mm -hmm. it's gonna take them a little bit longer in the ahl to kind of develop and be the kind of impact player that they need the Golden or the uh, Kraken didn't really draft to win now. They drafted to win later, and the precedent that's being set right now is that it's going to take a while. And I mean, good for them. They they made the plan that they were going to do that from the get go, and they're stuck to it. Uh, there was no other pressure that really forced their hand to do anything otherwise. Like we all knew, like everybody, all the pundits, all the hockey guys on Twitter, all knew that this team was not built to win now when they were drafted in the expansion draft. It was a draft to win later. And right now, after selling out pretty much everybody, they're really gonna win later. They're gonna start fresh. They're finally gonna get to guys that they wanted, that they get to hand pick in the draft, as opposed to the guys that people didn't want. And this team's gonna take a while. It's the fact the matter is they're gonna mature together, and they're gonna be good for a long time because they are drafted all in the same draft, and they're gonna have this chemistry. They've been through the ups, the downs, in the AHL to move up to the NHL and be competitive there in seven years but it will take seven years to do so.
0: Yeah, it, it may very well take seven years. I actually think that they could, just given the way that the, the this league works, I think that actually could be a little bit sooner simply because the hard cap makes it for, for a lot of turnover on different teams. So they may be gifted a player sooner than later, but um, I think seven years is probably a safer bet, but I, I think I could see it in five years. Look, this, te- this is the team that sent Mark, Mar- that, you know, this is how you do it. You, you take you take players that are on pending UFAs. You take them for a year. You sell them at the deadline, knowing that you're not going to make it to gain to gain to gain draft capital. This team has 12 picks in the 2022 draft and 12 picks in the 2023 draft. There are seven rounds. You're usually only given seven. They have so many picks over the next two years that, you know, they, they'll be able to develop those teams, set them up. And they're going to they're going to build from the from the inside out. Yeah, they're going to have they're going to keep Jordan Eberle. I'm sure I'm sure he's going to be kind of a, a, um, a fan favorite there. Um, Jaden Schwartz is another one. Yanni Gordon, one of my favorite hockey players, is going to be there. Um, and on the back end, you got Adam Larson, who I think is really like in Seattle. Those guys are going to stay there. They're older guys. I think that, they're, that, that they like it there. Um, maybe maybe towards the end of their career, they'll look to move. Um, but at this point, um, I think that Seattle's doing it right. And I think that we need to pump the brakes on, um, shitting on them because guess what? (laughs) This is how it's supposed to be guys. This is a, this is an expansion draft. What, what, what Vegas did was unheard of and will always be unheard of, but they have many, many high-end prospects. They have lots of draft capital, lots of cap space. In fact, you could even see them take on some cap space to, to make some teams whole, um, and to even gain more draft capital or maybe some great prospects. So. I like what they're doing. They're smart. They've been very smart, and who knows? They might even win. Um, th- they might even win the uh, Shane Wright draft lottery this year. Um, that is that is it for the first five teams that have been eliminated. I am I'm pretty sure there's going to be a couple more by the time next week rolls around. There probably won't be five, but if there is, um, it, it'll be a it'll be a fun discussion. I appreciate you guys sticking with us um check us out on all the uh, um all the uh social media platforms except facebook obviously because no one is on facebook or whatever you call it now meta whatever um watch the last month of of the nhl check out b- um, both tyler and my and my own power rankings james is going to start sending out some articles i'm sure about regarding the draft and regarding football that's coming up um they're great reads uh, this is the time of year that it's my favorite time of the year. The rundown until the until the playoffs. A lot of teams are already starting that that final push, um, and and enjoy the Masters this weekend. It's going to be a good one. Um, and with that, we uh, we we bid you a farewell. We hope you guys come back next week and uh, have a great week.